welcome to Freaky Fauna Friday, where every Friday we take a little time and explore some of the freaks of nature from around the planet we cherish so deeply. So please, jump aboard and let's explore the wilds together. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Freaky Fauna Friday. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I'm Jay. Ooh, ooh. Today, we are bringing you a very small freak of nature. Ooh, a little guy? A little guy from the ocean. Our ocean friends. <laughs> We're going to do the blue sea dragon. Blue sea dragon. Take Sounds dangerous. Slug. Yeah, yeah. A uh, dragon? Like an actual dragon? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm assuming you've seen these guys before. Oh, I, I actually I have seen them, a picture of them. Yeah, it's about, like, about five minutes ago. It was the first yeah. time I ever seen you really, them. You've never seen them before? No. They're really famous in like TikTok and stuff like that because people pick uh, them up. See, I don't do the TikToks. So the mythical. The, okay, I'm going to try to pronounce her actual name. Glucleus. The blue glucleus. But this glucleus antilicus is a scientific name. Something you get when you're sick. It's a small sized blue sea slug. Distinct dazzling blue hues are generated are, are generated from the food it eats. Ah. Anybody at home, this is still the same day of recording of me being in the hospital all the previous night. So I am very tired. But we're still gonna get through this together because it's gonna be a fun week. Blue sea dragons. Blue sea dragons. Uh they're all there's like their color is what gives them their name. If anybody's never seen these, these uh they are swimming upside down against the water, so you're actually staring at their belly. So they're uh, swimming against the surface? Yeah, they're using the surface tension to kind of crawl around. Like in those TikToks videos where people are like dancing on the surface of the water and then they flip the camera upside down and sure. they're actually underwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look like they have four appendages and a tail. Uh, like they look like they have two arms and two feet and they have these big feathery looking like blue tentacles. Okay. Uh, those are actually just stinging cell bundles. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so they, they have the appearance of little dragons. Okay. Uh, they are master of disguise. Their bright colors camouflage them against the ocean and the sky. So mm. really, uh, they're really hard to look like. When they're in the shallow waters, you can see them pretty easy. That's yeah. not where they're supposed to be. Okay, they're supposed to be in the open ocean. They get you know they get brought in. They have a reputation for both being angelic and deadly. And they're best known for eating extremely venomous prey and stealing all their toxins. Ooh, I think I have a guess. Yeah, you know who it is. I do. Uh, yeah, we already talked about it before. Oh, they're eating them? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh, you asked me earlier, what's eating the dr- sea dragons? That I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. What they're eating, you do know. Yes. These guys are actually nearly impossible to see in the open ocean. Because of their camouflage? Yeah. Okay. They're really good. Uh, these guys are really small. Uh, they reach about up to three centimeters at maturity. Uh, oh, so they're tiny, tiny. Yeah, do you want to know how much they weigh? I have it. Uh, a half an ounce weigh anywhere from just three to one or to 100 grams i don't even know how much that is really tiny yeah i know it's not much uh so they have this deep dazzling blue character so that's like look at that yeah that's awesome they're gorgeous creatures if you haven't seen one just just type it in yeah take a moment unless you're driving don't Don't do do it it if you're you're driving. driving but if you're just chilling at home listening to this just google so the picture you never see is their actual the top part yeah which is the part that faces away from the surface of the water. Right. You're always seeing their belly. Yeah. It's actually silver. And oh. it matches the sky like on a clear, like silvery day. That makes sense. So they are all kinds of 
cool like colors. Yeah. The color uh, affords them valuable protection against predators from above and below as it floats on the ocean surface. The deep blue color also may help reflect extremely harmful UV rays. Mm. Additionally, the blue dragon slug is a flattened, tapered body, about six appendages. So they have these like what looks like arms hanging off them uh, with finger. What is this word? Citria is what they're called. These little stinging cells. Yeah, like little, little tentacles. fingers. Uh, but they're long, slender, ten- or, you know, things that can sting. Not cilia, right? No. Okay. It just reminds, reminds me of big cilia then. Big cilia. Big cilia. Uh, their life expectancy ranges anywhere from about one month to one year. Hmm. Guys, they're short-lived. Right. A curious detail about these guys is they are hermaphroditic. I mean, they both produce eggs and sperm. Uh, but despite the fact, they still have to mate with another slug to produce value or uh, viable eggs. So this happens with a lot yeah. of slug species. So like both slugs are males and females, slugs and snails. Yeah. Even land snails and slugs. Uh, so like land snails and slugs actually produce, they call it a bone, but it's not a bone. This hard like spear and they try to stab each other. And whoever gets stabbed has to be the female that round. Ah, Okay. Uh, yeah, because neither one of them wants to be the female. That's mm. the harder job when you're like for reproduction, because you're the one that's producing the egg. Like you're, right. you're taking more of your body mass and more of your time to produce the offspring. Dang, that's quite the ri- mating ritual. Yeah, it's like I'm it's gonna a, stab I you. I'd say more it's a fight, and you're gonna be my woman. <laughs> uh, so they st- yeah, the mating habits resemble those of their hunt- also their hunting habits. They simply float along until they find a mate. Same with their food. Which we'll talk about. They just kind of float. Until These guys don't have a lot of control in their life. Okay. So they're not Reminds like me actively. A lot of me. <laughs> you got to be like that. You know? Sometimes in life, you just got to flow like water. You can't fight it. Just flow with it. So reproduction is a very uh, dangerous act. Not only do they have to avoid being stung to death by their partner, these guys are cannibalistic. Okay. So like praying mantis. Yeah. Uh, they have long, uh, curved S-shaped bands uh, in their penises that keep them safe while mating. Interesting. So basically, they have these like it's hard to imagine because these guys are so small, but on their penises they have these little kind of like backwards-facing feathers to keep the stinging cells away from the rest of their body. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, and while mating, which is uh, in result releases the stingers or releases strings of twelve to twenty eggs. So after they're mating. Uh, and they just start producing eggs. Another curious fact about the reproduction habits is that where they lay their eggs, uh, they often just, uh, depo- or, sorry, deposit them on carcasses of their prey. Otherwise, the larva eggs on their, are on any other floating mass they can encounter. Okay. So they try to lay their eggs on carcasses of their favorite food source. Gotcha. Why, I mean, what's, what's the purpose for that? So when the babies hatch, they have something to eat. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Simple. Ah, smart. Simple. It's like nature knows. It's kiss. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, the, they're pela- uh, so they're pelagic sea slugs, uh, which means that they live in the open ocean areas, neither close to the bottom uh, or in the middle water column. Like they're pretty much just attached. They're found worldwide, dwelling in waters f- uh, the Atlantic, Pacific, and Indian Ocean. They are considered a tropical species, though. Nice. However, it seems their habitat is expanding. There have been many reports of these guys' sightings in non-traditional areas and uh, non-associated species. Some examples are the east and south coast of South Africa 
in European waters uh, and off the east coast of Australia. Hmm, okay. So, yeah, these guys are popping up places they're not supposed to be. Right. And most scientists believe uh, it's due to the oceans becoming warmer. Either that or, I mean, maybe they're just not as adept at being in those places. But like you said, they're so small and they're so hard to see. They have a very limited food source, so they're not going to be out of the range where their food source is. Ah, okay. Hmm. So what if the food source is changing and not just like the the water temperature? What if like all that trash that's floating around is like a food source? You know what I mean? Floating around like the floating islands of trash everywhere in the ocean. That's not a food source for these guys. There might be something in there. Yeah, they only pretty much eat one thing. Oh, okay. So it's not like... We know what they eat. I'm just not telling you. You're not telling them. I already, I already know. Mm. I got the inside scoop. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. You told me right before we started. These guys swallow <laughs> little bubbles and f- like fill a little gas sack for buoyancy. Hmm. Uh, at times, they do float on the sand on the bottom of the ocean floor, too. Ah. So they'll kind of sometimes will release all their bubbles. Sometimes the wind carry them to undesired locations, uh, mainly the shores where they can become stranded and die. Beachgoers are increasingly finding these guys on their vacation sites. Mm. Don't pick them up. Yeah, I was gonna say how many of them? How many stories are out there where they picked it up? And then like people just fall down, and start seizing. It's like those little octopus people always pick up too. Ha, we covered on this show. Mm-hmm. The blue ringed octopus. If it's pretty, here, here's a, here's a, and blue, blue especially. But if is if any little animal is brightly colored, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Either it's very toxic or poisonous, or it was genetically modified. By humans, and you keep them in their fish tank, and you put black lights on them. <laughs> These species are foraging predators with quite the impressive appetite. It's quite comfortable, comfortable feasting on creatures up to 4,000 times its body size. Mm. Thanks to its rasp-like tongue, the diet consists of other pelagic species, such as the Portuguese man-o'-war. Aha! That's the culprit. Portuguese man-o'-war. That's in actually where they get their blue color. So these guys eat... Portuguese man of wars. Mm. Uh, they rip them apart and stuff like. So we talked about Portuguese man of wars several times, but they're cy- or they're. Uh, oh, I just forgot the word. Cyanophores. Yeah, cyanophores. So, so they're, they're colonial organisms. Yeah, so they're picking them apart one by one. Mm-hmm. Well, they have these giant tongues full of teeth, and they like, literally like tongues full of teeth. Yeah, that's how snails and slugs eat. Oh, that's their harpoon. No. Oh, okay. It's literally a tongue full of teeth, and they rake over their food and like pull off chunks. Oh. So it's not, yeah. So they actually eat these, when they're eating these guys, they eat the stinging cells, save them. Uh, they have a, a specialized mucus that kind of keeps them from firing. Hmm. And they take these stinging cells from themselves and put them through their own bodies. Interesting. So they keep their, yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh-huh. So they're incorporating this the organisms within the man of war mm-hmm. into their own body. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe the, maybe the man of war just jumping ship. They're like, this is better. <laughs> I don't think so. Probably not. They pretty much only have uh, one. Or they have two predators, two main predators. Do you want to guess what they are? Sharks. Nope. Keep in mind, a big one of these is three centimeters long. Whales. Nope. Hmm. That would suck for a whale. That has to happen, though. I don't know. I mean, it have to at some point. Um, shoot, I don't know. Uh, uh, is it something big? Or is it probably something really tiny? It's really tiny. Okay, so krill. It's just each other. Oh, they're their own? They're their own? They're pretty much their only predator. Oh, okay. Well, these guys also have, uh, they also eat, they pretty much only eat extremely toxic animals. 
Uh, there are other real common one that when they are on the bottom of the ocean that they eat is common purple snails and violet snails. Okay. Uh, which are cone snails, that, which we covered before. Yeah. Um, I guess are probably toxic. Extremely. Like one of the most toxic animals on the planet. They pretty much only eat some of the most toxic animals on the planet. So they they serve, a, they have a role. Well, they just, well, they want their toxin. Right. Yeah. Gather all in one place. So then we can click catch them. So the biggest threat to this species is humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, in recent years, the internet has caused this species to become very popular, although its fame has been uh, hmm. detrimental to them. Hmm. Many people want to add them to their aquariums, leading to the increase of their appearance and exotic pet traits. However, keeping the blue uh, sea dragons as a pet is impractical because of their diet. Right. You can't have like a man of war in a separate tank. Yeah. So uh, um, obtaining a number of Portuguese man of wars is impossible. <laughs> You just can't do it. You can't obtain them in any any number. Uh, so most keepers keep their pets until they starve to death. Yeah, makes sense. So TikTok's killing these things. Yeah, really, it is. Yeah. Uh, climate change is also one of the big things is just knocking these guys off the off the face of the planet. Uh, more specifically, their reverse uh, affection to the ocean acidification that we've talked about with coral reefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ocean is becoming more acidic because of the increase of CO2 in the atmosphere. Allegedly. That's mm-hmm. all alleged. Not on this show. Off, off, or so ocean acidification reduces the number of food, uh, such as the Portuguese or the, the Portuguese man of war eats, uh, you know, and that comes full circle for the blue sea dragons. Less Portuguese man of wars. So it used to be like these in the like the sixties and seventies, these gigantic Portuguese man of war blooms, mm-hmm. and like there was literally whole like coast of Australian stuff would like be closed down. Okay, now it just doesn't happen anymore. There's well, a lot of these invertebrates that we are having trouble studying. Yeah. That I think we're going to be extinct in the next 50 years. Like that we think about our grandparents' generation literally had swarms of them hundreds of miles wide and now they're gone. I guess that, it's like those birds. What are those birds that we hunted to extinction? Oh, passenger pigeons. Yeah. Like blot out the sun. Three days. They would blot out the sun for three days. Flocks of over a billion animals. They're, they're gone. Yeah. Because we just, we developed a, what's called a duck gun. <laughs> Which would shoot a twelve by twelve foot circle. Yeah, and then we'd just aim it up and just have lunch for a week. Another really big threat to these guys is just flat out plastic pollutions. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, uh, they're it's clogging up their digestive system, and plastics are actually extremely toxic to these guys. That's um, I'm shocked they can't like process it if they can process like toxic poison and whatnot. Pla- a little bit of plastic, a little yeah. bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, so conservation status. Uh, just as most marine invertebrates, there's so little information that they don't have a rating. Like, mm. they just can't. There's just not enough study of them. Right. Uh, they're either least concern or they're going extinct. Mm, okay. Like, they're somewhere on the board. Yeah. That's all that's saying. <laughs> is, uh, but, yeah. They're about to be extirpated from the ocean. I mean, they could be. Uh, so there, I think there's going to be a lot. Of, like, the ocean is getting towards a big collapse, uh, which will it affects everything on the planet. Which will create a niche for uh, someone to swoop in. The bloop. Won't it? Well, unless the bloop's choking to death, and that's why we haven't heard of it, heard from it. All of its uh, filter-feeding organs are clogged with plastic. I think the bloop can... Uh, separate show. Separate, separate show. show. Uh, so I got just a couple fun facts for you. Okay. A group of blue sea dragons floating together is referred to as a... Swarm? Blue fleet. Oh, a blue fleet. Nice. It's not uncommon to see a big group of these guys washing and get or washing to shore. Uh, and stinging, 
Unsuspecting swimmers. <laughs> Blue sea dragons appear in regions where they have never been seen before. Scientists theorize that these new movements may occur for several reasons, such as uh, circling changes in the Portuguese man of war populations, warming oceans, increased storm activity, and such. Makes sense. So, yeah, they're popping up in places they're not supposed to be. They're considered a tropical species, and they're popping up in, like, Ireland and stuff like that. Hmm. It's not good. Yeah. It's like when you start seeing deep sea animals wash up on the beach. Probably not, not good. Not good. Another one we'll talk about later on a different episode is lizard fish and lancet fish, deep sea ocean predators. Some of the biggest deep sea ocean predators we know about. California is having dozens of them this year. Wash up wash on the up? beach. Dead. Oh, dang. Nobody knows why, and it's not good. Hmm. Underwater seismic activity. I don't know. Probably not. Oh, okay. Uh, the venom of these guys remains active even days after their death, which is something to keep in mind when you cross a bunch of these guys dead on the beach. Yeah, don't... Again... Jellyfish, just like jellyfish and man wars. Don't touch them. Anything that's bright blue, anything bright color, that's that's a fair shake from nature. Right. Uh, nature's pretty good about unless, letting you know. Uh, unless it's like a rock. Like, I wouldn't even touch it. Like a nice... You know, hunk of what's a blue rock? I mean, cobalt, but there's like some well, of, some of that stuff is really toxic too. In like a, or are there minerals or something that are blue or something like that? I don't know. I'm trying to think of cobalt an element. Is it an element? Yeah, it is an element. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, when you go to like those little stores and they got all this rock, you can get a little bag of rocks. It's one of them's like bright blue, like robin's egg. Cobalt. Oh, oh no, bright blue turquoise. Turquoise, yeah, like yeah, that's powder blue. Okay. Bright and blue is cobalt, like like that so, blue blue. Gotcha. So only you know touch rocks. I don't touch and, cobalt. Oh, only touch turquoise colored things. <laughs> don't like, don't touch anything that's blue blue. Even a robin's egg. That's tur- that's like turquoise blue. Ba- baby blue. See, that's like blue green sea foam, like yeah, all that garbage. I don't know. I mean like tartish blue, like blue blue. Okay. Don't touch anything that's blue blue. Okay. Including a blue whale. Yeah, don't touch them. Stay away from the blowhole. It's hole. funny because we went from the ocean's biggest animal to one of its smallest. Right. We th- and one is a lot more deadly than the other. We've definitely done a lot of freaky fauna ocean. Well, I mean, it's just, it's the ocean. I know. It's always freaky. It's the ocean. Just pick, just, yeah, just but, pick an animal. I never knew, I've never known about the blue sea dragon though. It's eye-opening to me. But now I know a life lesson. Don't touch anything blue in the ocean. So for day, uh, this weekend's fun little escapades... Just remember, respect nature. Don't touch anything blue. And blueberries are purple. <laughs> what was that so funny? I don't know. It's a curveball at the end. Blueberries are purple. <laughs> yeah. Now go out and enjoy nature. Remember, if it's brightly colored, there's a reason. Yeah, just you can look, you can look, but you can't touch it. Wait, if you touch it, it's gonna cause some drama. You're gonna seize and die. <laughs> Well, geez, that went dark fast. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, I have been the great and powerful mystery. And I've been Jay. Have a good weekend, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Freaky Fat on a Friday. If you want to help the podcast grow, remember to share and give it a five-star review.